Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back. It's 221. Yeah, we're on Mars. Yeah, no big deal. Just cruising around in our new rover. Pretty sweet deal. Uh, all right, I promised I wouldn't get distracted by the Mars rover again, and I'll stay true to my word here. Uh, you, you've become very accustomed over the past uh, say 10, 15 years to Utah and Utah cities appearing atop uh, many lists in terms of uh, charitable giving, in terms of low regulation, in terms of business success, in terms of low unemployment. U- Utah does very well in a number of categories. Most recently, if you remember, we had a conversation with uh, uh, someone in charge of vaccines here in the state, and we learned that... <laughs> Across the country, we are outperforming almost every other state when it comes to uh, getting the vaccines received into the arms of Utahns. In fact, we're number five on that list. Only four other states are able to move uh, vaccines into the arms of their residents faster than the state of Utah. Uh, and we we can improve. We can get to the top of that list. Uh, but I, I share all that to simply remind you that, you know, we're no stranger to success around here in Utah, all right? We do things pretty well. And sometimes it, it only, almost becomes tiresome <laughs> singing our own praises. In fact, I, <laughs> there, there was uh, a line from oh, uh, then-candidate Donald Trump as he was uh, speaking once in Washington, D.C., uh, and it's a line you've heard, I'm sure, many times. He says, when, when I'm president, there'll be so much winning, you'll get tired of winning. And I don't know that uh, I can really relate exactly to that, but we here in Utah have become very accustomed to being uh, winners at the top of many, many lists. With that said, this latest study released by the Milken Institute uh, its annual study, its index of the best-performing cities, has a number of Utah cities ranking very high on uh, a number of lists for a number of reasons. Uh, it's extensive, it is thorough, and it is very good news for Utah. Joining me now to explain some of the details and what this index means and how it was calculated, uh, Deseret News reporter Art Raymond uh, joins me now. He is the uh, author of uh, a new article, Utah Smokes California, in latest ranking of top performing U.S. cities. And Art, uh, let me just say, uh, first and foremost, it was the headline that got me here. Anytime I can, anytime I can bash Californians uh, on this program, I'm going to welcome that opportunity. Uh, Art, 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 how you doing? Welcome to the program. 
Uh, I'm doing well, Lee. Thanks so much for having me. And yeah, totally. You know, I, I couldn't resist the opportunity. I love California. Spend a lot of time there. But when it comes to uh, business success, you know, anytime we can get one over uh, on California in general and the Bay Area in specific, oh, yeah. especially when we're talking about business success, is uh, is you know a moment for celebration. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can only listen to so many folks coming in from California and telling me about how you know the way we do things in California or back when we were in California. Nah, 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 nah. Now it's time. <laughs> now it's time for them to say, hey, you know the way they do things in Utah. T- t- tell me about this list. How how did the Milken Institute go about uh, ranking these cities, in particular the larger cities? Yeah, it's you know I, I I get a lot of news releases that share uh, you know uh, top tens. We all we all love top ten lists, but the the Milken Report is one that's been around for quite a while. You get to you know get kind of a long view on how cities have done, not just in the in the you know most recent year past, but over time. And and I really I also really like the metrics they use. They look at job growth, wage growth. Uh, innovation and tech industries uh, figure heavily into how they put the index together and kind of new to this year and which is an issue really important in in our collective radar in Utah is uh, housing affordability and access to robust internet services so all those metrics figured into the to how they put the list together this year, and I think in a year that kind of stands out because of the you know ongoing public health crisis. Uh, I, th- I thought we we're supposed to believe that housing prices are uh, sky high here in the state of Utah. H- how are we competing well on that front? Well, they you know relative to our you know our state economy, we know that uh, you know housing uh, affordability, housing availability, uh, availability is going down. Of course, the, it, what that means is prices go up. But, of course, relative to uh, California, we're still a very affordable place to be. Sure. Uh, talk to me about Provo Orem. Provo Orem area has uh, reclaimed the, the top spot. I, I wasn't aware that in some years prior, uh, 18 and 19, that they'd been uh, in, the, in the top position, slipped a bit, but back now on top. What's so uh, attractive about yeah, the Provo Orem it- area? Well, a lot of things. Um, you know, again, it, it's uh, in relative terms, it's still a very affordable place to be. I did an article earlier earlier this year focused on uh, a Bay Area a tech executive who had, you know, bought a brand new place in, in Utah County and was taking advantage of the ability to work remote to just move his family, get access, easier access to schools, uh, Got a lot more house in uh, in Utah County than he would have gotten for the same amount of money in the Bay Area. In fact, I think he would have been looking at an apartment <laughs> mm. or small condo for what he bought. You know, a great new place for his family. But the you know or the you know Provo Orem area has a lot going for it. Lots of up and coming companies. There is a built out and mature tech ecosystem now where talent is, you know, we bring in talent, we're able to retain it because there's so much else going on. If, you know, you're looking for a career change or a, a change of venue, you don't have to leave the area to, to stay in, in your in your sort of tech professional realm. And it just, you know, it's one of the fastest growing yeah. population areas in the country. It's easy access to all the great educational institutions and and the sort of Utah created uh, tech talent pipelines. So there's, I mean, the, the the positives are too numerous to list, really. Uh, Salt Lake City uh, claimed the number four spot as well. 
as the Ogden Clearfield area coming in at number nine. Three areas here in the state of Utah making it into the top ten. Uh, we've got about 90 seconds to go. We're speaking with Art Raymond, who uh, did a, a fantastic job uh, writing up this uh, listing of various Utah locations appearing very high on a list. In fact, one Provo Orem claiming the top spot in this Milken Institute Best Performing Cities Index. Sorry to end on a downer, but I've got to ask, are there any downsides to this? Does this put a target on our back? Does this squeeze out some of the folks who have been here for decades? <laughs> any downsides here? Well, I think that, the, you know, if you talk to uh, local economists, local and ec- economic development experts, the and, and as you noted earlier in our conversation, rising housing prices are going to play a role in, you know, starting to erode a bit, I think, you know, our, how attractive we are by comparison. And, and one of the other issues is while we, these tech jobs pay, you know, qu- uh, wages that are, are, you know, 30 to 40 percent higher on average than just, uh, you know, non-tech industries, if you look at our wage scale in comparison, say, back to California, you know, we, we, we lag very far behind. So as, you know, again, relative housing affordability starts eroding next to wages that are running lower than the national average, we're going to we're going to create some, you know, sort of homegrown challenges and and maybe be, you know, competing on a little more of a level playing field going forward and trying to pull talent from other areas. Sure. Uh, Art, listen, thank you so much for your writing. Thanks for your conversation with me here today. Look forward to speaking to you again. Stably, great to talk to you. Likewise. All right. Uh, quick break. When we return, uh, we got to have a hard chat about life expectancy. Some startling news revealed just this morning that in the past year, we have reduced our life expectancy overall uh, across this country by an entire year. And if you break things down by demographics, the story is even bleaker. Why is this the case? And more importantly, what can we do to remedy it? We'll discuss next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.